Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are starting out season three. And what better way to celebrate not only our third season, but also jumping into the triple digits. This is our 101st episode. And we're going to celebrate with a super special fangirl-packed, marshmallow-approved Veronica Mars episode. You heard that right. Grab the remote, get snacks during commercial breaks, and hop on over to the UPN slash CW slash Hulu as we unpack this <laughs> cultural phenomenon. But, be- but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. housekeeping. I feel like we nailed it that time. I never know. <laughs> if you love the podcast and you want to support us, here are a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? Let's listen to a brand new review that we just got. So excited about that. Titled Five Stars. I planned on listening to one episode and ended up listening to a few. I found myself all the way at the mini episode that you ranked Pixar movies. And yes, yes, yes. To you all saying Toy Story 2 is objectively better than the original Toy Story. Great sound quality too. Also enjoyed the episodes about Blockbuster. Keep it up. I'd love to hear an episode about the movie Get Out. <laughs> Unfortunately, that movie is just way outside of our time frame, but really, really thankful to Nick G1998 for this wonderful review. I never think about people going in a rabbit hole and, and like just listening to more episodes. I yeah. just figure, you know, one and done, but that's just me not giving us enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to help us grow and be featured, head to Apple and leave us a review. Hopefully five star. And to celebrate our season three launch, we have collaborated with an artist to feature some of our classic sayings taken straight from the pod and illustrated into new designs for Redbubble. So head over to nomorelatefees.redbubble.com and check them out. Yeah. Shout out to Anna for designing our wonderful new stickers. We love the partnership that we're building. You should check her out, Nostalgic Prince. We will be featuring her on our Instagram. So check that out. And super excited. A long time ago, we used to be friends. <laughs> Kristen Bell plays the titular, titular, titular. titular. I don't like this word. <laughs> Kristen Bell stars as a spunky, dogged, and take no prisoners when it comes to solving crimes as part of the Mars Investigations duo. Assisted by her dad, Keith, as well as her best friends, Wallace and Mac, she's on the case solving dog nappings, missing parents, stolen money, bombings, and even murder. The TV show stars Kristen Bell, Percy Daggs III, Teddy Dunn, J. Jason Doring, Francis Capra, Enrico Colantoni, oh my god, I'm saying it wrong, Ryan Hansen, Kyle Gallner, Tessa Thompson, Chris Lowell, Tina Majorino, 
sorry, and Ken Marino. One of our favorite shows, can't say their names. <laughs> the show was created and a few episodes were written by Rob Thomas. You can watch the series on Hulu. The movie is also on HBO Max. And we do have to give a trigger warning that there is murder and rape. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, and in this case, the TV show, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would plan repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Eh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Just epic trash. Straight up trash. Did Calabasas trash. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danielle, what is your Y2K rating of Veronica Mars? I don't even think it's a question because Mama got the DVDs. <laughs> And Tamarly, who said that I said DVDs weird in What a Girl Wants, DVDs. <laughs> I got them. <laughs> now, I have all three seasons. I don't know if I bought the movie. I, I might. But I just couldn't find it. I was looking for the first season, panicking because... I have them at all my DVDs in alphabetical order. And I was like, wait a minute, two and three. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I know Jackie. I had, when I introduced Jackie to it, I let her borrow my DVDs back in the day. And I was like, no, she returned them. So I didn't, but it was just misplaced. I don't know how it got an S's. <laughs> it was by Supernatural. Don't know why. Anywho, <laughs> it's, it's a wood buy. I very much love, love, love this show. And so much so that Jackie even made me a vinyl to put on the back of my car that says Mars Investigations. And I get so many people asking me about that. They think I'm in the Illuminati. They wonder if I'm an investigator. It's <laughs> somebody asked me if it had to do with aliens. I love it. It's a conversation starter for sure. <laughs> really, you're just a marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> So like Danielle said, I was not an early adopter to Veronica Mars. I want to say it was probably around 2012-ish that she loaned me the DVDs voraciously, like <laughs> sat on my laptop, watched every single season. And I was like, why? Why didn't that, this not get renewed? Like what's going on? And then it was a couple of years later that the Kickstarter movie was made. And then Danielle and I watched that together. So it was a never seen for Y2K Jackie, but that's okay. She caught up. It's funny because honestly, if you listen to the podcast, you probably already know this, but besides the things that Jackie and I kind of grew up watching together, there are a lot of things that we do not like that the other likes. And so I was actually surprised that this was something that I told her about and she liked because- our tastes are so vastly different. <laughs> so I mean, glad. you give me a mystery to solve. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so we're going to do this a little bit differently. Obviously, we're not going to talk about everything, but why don't you give us a, a brief timeline of 
the Veronica Mars phenomenon? <laughs> so the, the TV show first aired September 22nd in 2004. It aired on UPN. Funny enough, UPN at the time was mainly known as just having Black shows. And this happens with a lot of TV channels. They'll start off with a bunch of Black shows and then slowly start to change to trying to get more white viewers. And this was unfortunately what was happening at UPN at this time with Veronica Mars and a few other shows. So it had its first two seasons on UPN. And every season, even though the critics, it was a critical darling, everything, it was always on the cusp of being canceled. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then when we thought that it might get canceled, we found out that there was going to be a merger between UPN and the WB. And we found out that it was going to be called the CW and only a few shows from UPN were going to make it in the crossover. A lot of the Black shows were canceled, just can't say it. But somehow Veronica Mars made the cut and it was going to CW. It did not make it after the third season. It had that, you know, when you have teen shows that go to that college stage, it Mm -hmm. always, that's always the killer, that third season killer. And they even did a kind of like, I don't want to say a pilot, but they made an, an entire like episode to try to convince the studio, the network, I mean, to give it a, a four season with the premise that they would kind of forgo the college situation and Veronica was going to be going to the FBI. Didn't happen, didn't get picked up. And like Jackie said, it got they were able to crowdfund between Kristen Bell and Rob Thomas and the whole cast, and they were able to do a movie and then not too long ago we I think during the pandemic we got a season four on Hulu so that was great and the movie was March 2014 and then we got oh no it wasn't during the pandemic it was the year before it was July 19 2019 I think it's because I have so much trauma (laughs) with with the fourth season (laughs) and it makes me think of 2020 We'll get into the trauma. And lastly, the Rotten Tomato scores for all four seasons are pretty high considering 97% first season, 92% second season, 89% third and fourth season, which bravo. I, I mean, Joss Wheaton said it's hands down his favorite show. Kevin Smith guest starred on season two. We'll get more in depth into the amount of guest stars on this yeah. show. Yeah, Josh, Josh Whedon also guest starred as well. A yes. lot of the Buffyverse actually were on the show as main characters or s- significant characters, I guess you yeah. could say. And it did win some of some awards. In 2005, it won the American Film Institute Award for Television Program of the Year. Also in 2005, Kristen Bell won the Saturn Award for Best Actress. And then in 2006, Kristen Bell and Enrico Colin Tony won the Family Television Award for Favorite Father Daughter. They were nominated for a shit ton of stuff as well. So it, like Danielle said, it it was a critical darling. It was beloved by many, except the networks apparently. Yeah, from a casting standpoint, so Kristen Bell was chosen to play Veronica Mars from more than 500 women who auditioned for the role. Bell felt that it was just luck that Rob Thomas saw that. 
I have some sass to me and that's exactly what he wanted. Belle thought that her cheerleader looks in an outsider's attitude set her apart from the other women who auditioned. Jason Doring, who played Logan, he originally auditioned for the role of Duncan and then Teddy Dunn originally auditioned for the role of Logan, but they ended up, you know, switching. Jason ended up getting Logan and then Teddy got Duncan. And funny enough, the network was actually scared that the two of them would look too similar to each other. So the costume department had them in different colors to Mm -hmm. kind of differentiate them. So they both had certain color palettes that they would, that would be uniquely to them, which I thought was kind of cool. And Rob Thomas described Amanda Seyfried, who portrayed the murdered Lily Kane as the biggest surprise of the year. When casting a series regular, he was able to see all the best actors in town, mainly because they all wanted to be a series regular. But when casting Lily Kane, who would only appear from time to time as the dead girl, Thomas did not receive the same level of actors. He said that he had never had a more cut and dried audition than he did with Seyfried. He said that she was about a hundred times better than anyone else we saw. She was just spectacular. (laughs) He continued by saying that she ended up being so good in the series that he used her three or four more times than he had initially planned. And it's crazy because like, when did Mean Girls come out? Was it 2000? It was 2004. Yeah. So they, she probably, yeah. So I think it's kind of crazy like she was in the show nobody knew her and then like I'm sure halfway through then she was a mean girl and it was just like oh snap you know and a little coincidence Lily Kane was murdered on October 3rd <laughs> that's that is very interesting oh my gosh yep so did Lily fake her death and <laughs> And transfer schools. She may have had ESPN or something. Oh, maybe. (laughs) She's a weather girl now. I do find it interesting that one of the candidates for the role of Veronica Mars was Alana Tall, who ended up playing Meg Manning. She obviously didn't get the role of Veronica, but Rob Thomas liked her so much. He actually wrote the role of Meg for her, which... Which season did she come in? One or two? One, two. I think, yeah. No, no. She came in season one. And then she had her arc season two. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good old Meg. And if you don't know, Rob Thomas had another show called Party Down about a bunch of waiters. (laughs) It's coming Uh, back, isn't it? It's yeah, I think it's already on. It was on Showtime, and so a lot of the cast from that show. I mean, I want to say almost all the cast from that show made special appearances or were guest stars on Veronica Mars. In the first episode of Party Down, traumatized me for life because (laughs) Enrico Polantoni, who plays Keith Mars, Veronica's very doting dad, kind of just like. (laughs) Dresses button-ups and khakis. In the first episode of Party Down, jumps into a pool naked and you see his wang. And I was not prepared to see Keith Mars like that. Uh, I I don't even have (laughs) words for that. Danielle, do you know who almost got the role of Vinnie Van Lowe? 
the smarmy competitive private detective I do I just can't think of it right now is it in our notes it is oh <laughs> it is America's oh. darling Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. yes <laughs> Which huh. I just, I can't see him. Like, I think Ken Marino is just so perfect as Vinny. Yeah. That it's hard for me to picture Paul Rudd as. I think Paul wouldn't have come off as swarmy. He yeah. would have just been dumb more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul Rudd did get to do a one episode arc as the washed up musician Desmond Fellows. So he did get to eventually be on Veronica Mars. Yeah, I I I love that. I love that about Paul Rudd that he's just like because he's been friends with so many of these people for so long. He's just he's not above going and just like doing some guest spots. Like the fact mm-hmm. that he was on Parks and Rec, make it, <laughs> and he did such a good job as Bobby Newport Jr. <laughs> And did you notice when you were watching the episode that the character of Lucky in season two shows up again in season three as a completely different character? Yeah. Okay. I was uh, like, wait a minute. Who are we trying to fool here? There, his hair was horrible in, in both both times that he was on. It's just like Leighton Meester's character. Was it Carrie? Mm-hmm. She couldn't she had too many obligations to be in the movie so they recast her which I was Mm -hmm. kind of annoyed by that because when she was on the show it was before she got Gossip Girl before she got big and another tie to Gossip Girl is that Kristen Bell is the voice of Gossip Girl in that show so I'm like love full circle moments well and Carrie Bishop turns out to be so such a pivotal part of the Veronica Mars movie yeah it's like, it's a shame that we didn't get the original actress to play her. True. But I mean, we have all this casting, but let's talk about what is the plot of this show. And I remember when I first started watching it, I was in college and I didn't miss an episode and I was obsessed because I read all of the Nancy Drew books growing up. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much the premise of this was like a new age Nancy Drew. It had so many of the dynamics. It had a father and daughter dynamic. We learned that uh, Veronica's dad and mom were like the sweetest things ever. They weren't rich. Neptune is a city that is clashing of of the classes pretty much you have the extremely wealthy and and it's not even just like I don't even think there is a middle class per se Mm -hmm. they definitely have a working class and then they have the rich the difference is Veronica's dad was the sheriff of the town so he kind of she kind of was able to like fit in and she became friends with Lily Kane the Kane family their father was a software billionaire so pretty much like a bill gates kind of situation going on and lily's older brother duncan get older brother named duncan i don't know it's like nothing else i could say about duncan but oh no like veronica was dating duncan right her best friend was lily yeah so they were really cool and duncan's best friend was logan who was dating lily so they had a little foursome group click or whatever going on there and then uh, oh Veronica's mom 
Susie Homebaker kind of situation going on. And we find out later that her mom used to date Lily, <laughs> Lily's dad back in the day. They were high school sweethearts. And that becomes problem later because we find out they were cheating. Mm-hmm. And once the story kind of ramps up or where we see the story take place or start at is after the downfall of Veronica's dad because he actually looks at Duncan and his family as maybe having something to do with Lily's death. We find out that Lily was murdered and we don't know who who did it. And once Keith starts going in that direction that it might have been someone in the family, the the family just uses their power to get him fired essentially. And once he gets fired, that puts Veronica at the bottom of the totem pole again. She's a, she's no longer a cheerleader. People are talking about her and she kind of goes on the defensive after that. And it's a combination of Lily's death. And then she was also slipped GHB at a party and was raped. Right. And so she has a lot of issues that she's working through. And is she, she hmm? is she working through them? Well, I mean, so she the the way she tries to work through her issues <laughs> is to hyper focus on finding Lily's murderer and then figuring out who raped her. Right. There's a lot of trauma with Veronica. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great because we get flashbacks throughout the show, especially mostly the first and second season. We get flashbacks of what Veronica's Veronica was like in her previous life. And, you know, she was young and naive and sweet and innocent and you could see a lot of her characteristics now are defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. she's very cynical and jaded angry and and she's almost to the point where she's like I've accepted that this is who you know that I could be a loner I don't need all of these people Mm -hmm. and she just wants to get out she wants to graduate and go to a college far away and get out of Neptune Her dad now owns a private investigation company, and so she helps her dad with cases. And I think the fact that she has these skills gives her kind of the confidence she needs to actually go back into the school with people Mm -hmm. who have been just absolutely cruel to her. So we, we see instead of her taking on a victim role, she really just, she goes after people. It's an eye for an eye for Veronica. She does. Yeah. And first and second season, and to some extent, the third season, there's an overarching mystery that she's trying to solve. Season one is Lily's murder. Season two is a bus bus crash that kills a bunch of her classmates. Season three, it's kind of split into two different. One is a serial rapist on the college campus. And then the Dean's murder We'll get into the Dean later. <laughs> and then and then season four are spring break bombings. So yeah. like each season has like this overarching mystery she has to solve. But then each episode, she also has like these mini mysteries that she's solving. People hire her to to investigate different things. It's like a case of a week kind of situation. Yep. So also in season three, at the end of season three, they kind of like it's almost as if they were preparing for you know they're trying to get you amped up for a season four Mm -hmm. which would have been like some sort of secret society situation and almost the Russian mob I don't know that that was like real convoluted stuff going on with that but 
Yeah. And they never wrapped that up. And that always bothered me. <laughs> like not even a mention, not even a like, remember Wallace when X, Y, Z, like nothing, you know, <laughs> speaking of Wallace, um, mm-hmm. we've gone through most of the other main characters. Wallace moves to town with his single mother and little brother and his mom works for Kane. And he actually meets Veronica because the, what are they called? What is we- Weevil's like the gang, gang the motorcycle call, gang? Call? PH, the PCHers, yeah. The PCHers have tied Wallops up on a, a flagpole, butt naked. For being with, a snitch. With duct tape for being a yeah. snitch. So one Wallace has a job. He works at the local, I don't know, it's not a 7-Eleven, like, but like a corner. A convenience store of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the PCHers goes and steals, which seems to be a normal thing for him. But Wallace doesn't know that this is a normal thing and that he's mm-hmm. supposed to look the other way. So he actually... <laughs> call you know presses the little button for the cops to come the sheriff's department to come we also learned that now that keith is no longer sheriff we've got deputy doo-doo as the new <laughs> as the new sheriff he's not a deputy but he used to be and he used to be he was the deputy, deputy when yeah. when keith was sheriff yeah now um, he's sheriff lamb yeah he's corrupt as hell so because Wallace snitched, the PCHers like take it out on him. And so Veronica helps him with that whole situation. She takes him down. And Wallace is one of the first people to call Veronica Mars a marshmallow on the show. Yes. And if you're a Veronica Mars fan, you are lovingly known as a marshmallow, which is super cute. Yep. He says, you're a marshmallow, Veronica Mars, a Twinkie. <laughs> and then at the end of the same episode, Veronica in a voiceover remarks, well, you know what they say, Veronica Mars, she's a marshmallow. And then there's also a reference to the term in the film as a nod to all the fans. Another character that follows through from season one into the movie is Dick Casablancas, played by Ryan Hansing. Hanson. 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 Yeah. And he was only supposed to be on for like a few episodes. And but he is hilarious and I ridiculous. So we meet his character from beginning in season one. Later on, we meet his brother. I, I think might have been the end of season one, maybe season two. I don't mm. remember. And we find out that he actually is the bad guy it's oh gosh he's the bad guy but you also empathize because you Mm -hmm. know what he's been through and (laughs) I don't want to laugh it's just like so sad there's lots of trauma yeah trauma is a theme that runs throughout the characters in Veronica Mars and his character's name is his name is Beaver on the show and then Weevil Weevil, oh, Weevil is the leader of the PCHers, which is a bike gang. So it's almost like the PCHers are a response, essentially, to the situation that they're living in in this mm-hmm. city. They make sure that the people on their side of town are protected. 
And it's almost like a mini game because there are bigger players mm-hmm. in this in the city, but for like the high schoolers and the the PCHers are like, you know, the answer to that. And they are constantly butting heads with all the O-Niners. So the PCHers and the O-Niners are constantly bumping heads. So Duncan is adjacent to the O-Niners. He doesn't always kind of, he doesn't stop stuff, but he doesn't start it. But Logan definitely is always in, in the midst of all that nonsense. Yeah, and Weeble and Veronica obviously start out rocky because he still views her as one of the O-Niners, but quickly realizes, like, she, she's going to f- figure shit out and, like, serve justice, which is kind of, like, what he's doing, but in his own little PCH way. So they, they have a pretty good friendship going through it, but Verona, Veronica, for a while, is side-eye and Weevil anytime anything comes up, like, are you in on this? <laughs> okay, we cool. Love Weevil. Um, we have a couple more characters. Veronica meets about halfway through season one. They instantly become friends, and that carries through through the the movie. She decided okay. not to come back for season four because they were pretty honest with her that she wasn't really gonna like the her friends. Veronica's friends weren't gonna really be like a mm-hmm. huge focus. Because you you don't even really see Wallace that often in in season four. So, which, you know, it it really sucks. The platonic friendship between Wallace and Veronica is just so wholesome. Mm -hmm. And there's so many moments that, like, you kind of tear up because, you know, Wallace bends over backwards to help Veronica. Mm -hmm. And Veronica doesn't show it in the most obvious ways but would do literally anything for Wallace she can be very selfish at times because she's so focused on what she needs to get done that she can you know put Wallace's feelings on the back end funny enough the network actually said to the team that Wallace and Veronica would never be together and that's why it stayed strictly platonic because they did not believe the viewers would want to see a black male and a white female as love interest. Remember, this is 2004, not like 1985, not 1995, but 2004. So there's that. Different decade. Yeah. (laughs) But even, you know, honestly, I don't I don't know if it's how they played it. They didn't have chemistry in that way. No. I Duncan was supposed to be the main love interest and it quickly changes because Rob Thomas sees just the absolute chemistry that Veronica and Logan and the actors who p- play them have and so that's why it switched to Veronica and Logan. If I'm going to be keep it 100, Duncan was boring. I was bored. Never. <laughs> he was vanilla. He was it, toast. <laughs> it, like they had no chemistry. And I was like, why do they keep pushing this towards us? But also I didn't be- mind their relationship. It was so, so boring. Like, and you know what it is? Duncan was what Veronica's past was. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, 
when they were trying to be together, it was them trying to live in the past. Yeah. Too much stuff had happened for it to ever go back to how it was. And I just feel like the, the chemistry between the actors just were not there. Yeah. And Jason Dorning said that the reason why their chemistry was so good was that because he was literally in love with Kristen Bell for the three years that they shot <laughs> seasons one through three. And so Rob immediately picked up on that and then decided to write the Logan, Veronica, the love connection. Yes. Their moniker was literally love. L-O-V-E. Logan and Veronica. Like, I couldn't make it up better if I wanted to. And I know Jackie's not a love fan, but whatever. No big deal. I've ridden solo before. (laughs) That's a good segue into, so we've given a lot of backstory on Veronica Mars. Let's get into some hot takes. Okay. (laughs) And number one is Piz or Logan. I don't really know if it's a hot take as much as a wrong take. But go ahead, spin that piz. <laughs> so we meet Stash Stash Pizarski, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in season three, he is Wallace's roommate, and then he and Veronica start dating. They take a little break, and then in the movie, they they have reunited after a few years. So I think I, they were I think they were together. Like I don't think they reunited. No. No, they said there's a line in the movie about what, her how, and Piz. Yeah, oh. how they had just started dating Re- dating again because it wouldn't make sense if they were dating for seven years and she hadn't met his parents. Oh, you're right. You're right. So I am forever a Piz fan. I I think he's just he he's the sweetest. He dotes on her. Logan just has so much trauma and you never really see him grow out of that even in season four he's still he's he's got something where he's holding back even though he's trying to push through it I don't know I just I was never on board with Logan and Veronica they were too damaged to be together individually they were too damaged to be together I think what so I never had a problem with Piz as a character he is exactly what Veronica deserved. The problem is Veronica was not in the mindset to accept what, that kind of love, yeah. unfortunately. She uh, needed the drama and Piz was drama free. She needed a therapist and, <laughs> and before she dated anybody. The problem is with Logan, they both have different trauma, but they also, ha- they trauma bonded. They, mm-hmm. you know, the, the what happened to them is a situation where I could understand that no one else is going to understand. Like, I can't even, I could tell somebody, but they're not going to understand in the same way that those two understand. And I could see why they keep coming back to each other. I do disagree that Logan does not grow because I, I believe in the movie and in the fourth season that he has shown some growth. It's not perfect. He still needs to go to more therapy. I think another reason for him to be so guarded is because I truly believe Veronica did break his heart as vice versa. Like in the third season, they fight a lot, but it's because 
Veronica does not know how to trust Logan completely. Mm -hmm. And Logan doesn't know how to trust, trust that Veronica can take care of herself and not find trouble. And, and, and honestly, I don't even know if, if he doesn't trust her. It's that he is completely worried about, he loves her Mm -hmm. and imagine being with someone and you're con constantly seeing them go through so much pain and and they're putting themselves in those situations like she can't even help herself so the same kind of fear that her dad has is the same that logan has but i think her dad does say okay you know what i'm gonna you're gonna figure this out and i'm Mm -hmm. here if you need it and logan doesn't know how to do that and i think that's a response to the fact that if you look at it Logan's dad used to physically abuse him. We find out Logan's dad actually killed his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and is a psychopath. His mother killed herself. His sister's a liar. So like all the adults in his life have never been consistent with him. His best friend had to leave and go to another country. His girlfriend is dead. Like that makes sense why you would be fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. I don't disagree with all of that. I'm just saying like, like they, they should have gone to lots of therapy before (laughs) attempting a relationship. Yeah. Besides (laughs) the trauma bonding, I just think they have really good chemistry and you can tell that they love, they love each other. What she has for Piz is that she loves him, but like, it's, it's kind of like soulmate versus you're, you'll do I, I don't want to say that but it's the truth like you can tell Veronica is she loves Piz he's a great person but it's also like she knows this is probably a better option for her he's good on paper if I were gonna pick actually out of all the people that are on the show I would pick Max I think that's his name no that's his real name <laughs> Leo Leo I would pick yeah. Leo now I do know that there's an age gap and it's a little weird, but mm-hmm. I believe he was like 21. And she was six, 17, six, 17, 16 yeah. when they met. So yeah. that's questionable, but I thought they had extremely good chemistry as well. And he, I love Leo. Yeah. He seems less psychotic. <laughs> And I think he he has enough experience just being in like a similar field to her to kind of know like when to protect and when to hang back and just let her do what, what she does gonna do yeah and they do in season four spoilers they do in season four kind of allude to that might be a possibility yeah Veronica and Leo I said, oh, this is what you're going to do? Spoiler alert. They kill Logan in the fourth season. Maybe just take that out. I don't want to make other people. (laughs) Just take that part out. They, the fourth season is traumatic for me to watch because something really bad happens. And the reason it happens is so fucking stupid. (laughs) I just... (laughs) It makes me so angry. Hot takes from Danielle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the only one. The whole internet was pissed, okay? Except for me, I'm like, nah. 
Okay. Whatever, Jackie. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's get into another hot take. Who was your favorite guest star? I feel like I know who it's going to be. Really? Because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know who. There's so many guest stars. Yeah. Here, let me, let's run down. I have a list of guest stars. Some of them I feel like are not guest stars though, because they have so much of an arc. There's a show from that used to be on NBC called Just Shoot Me. Mm-hmm. And I used to like it. It was a sitcom and Enrico was on it. And Laura San Giacomo guest starred. I think it was the second or third season. And it's the third season. Yeah. And because her and Enrico had like, they were love interests on that show. I I thought that was a cute guest star. I love that. I loved her on Veronica Mars. Yeah, but I don't know if that's my favorite. <laughs> go ahead. What are you going to say? I thought you were going to go with Erin Ashmore, who plays Troy Vandergriff. Uh, like he, I, I remember watching when the shows, when I was watching and I was like, ooh, I like him. Like, let date him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Veronica get a boyfriend because I didn't see the Logan thing for I didn't see it coming right away yeah so I was rooting for her to find love I feel like yours is probably Jonathan Taylor Thomas I do really like (laughs) I don't like his storyline at all but just for Jonathan Taylor Thomas to randomly show up on Veronica Mars after not acting for quite a while like we hadn't seen him in a while yeah and then he just randomly shows up as an undercover fbi agent because he looks so young he's posing as a high school student (laughs) Uh, i go ahead oh i was just gonna name off some others we have paris hilton was a guest star kyla pratt now with paris hilton that the network made rob thomas put her on yep so jane lynch which he was on party down so jessica chastain that one was i don't know and yeah that was before she was famous Mm -hmm. jonathan bennett love him another mean girls character aaron paul anthony anderson yeah (laughs) when he played anthony anderson played like a fake p diddy kind of role like he was not believable it was so bad (laughs) it was so bad monique coleman oh wow i don't what was what did she do i don't remember her she played gabrielle pollard a friend of yolanda's who offers veronica some guidance for finding the missing girl it was the same episode as anthony anderson okay it was the black episode yeah (laughs) it was adam scott i do love adam scott but he was a bad guy in that he was yeah christine lakin oh right sweet knees susan knight (laughs) yes allison hannigan plays logan's sister I think that would probably be my answer would be just the Scooby gang, any of them showing up. I was very, very excited when Charisma Charisma Carpenter showed up 
being a whole mama. Some Logan um, starts banging. Yeah, gross. Gutenberg, Steve Gutenberg showing up was crazy. And he played that role so well. He I did. was very creeped out by him. He was a Chester molester. It was mm-hmm. like, whoa, didn't see that coming. And also his daughter was played by Kristen Ritter, which was again before she became famous. So yep. And she came back for the movie. Zachary Ty Bryan, we have another home improvement kid. Oh, he was an ass. He was. Who else? Sydney Poitier's daughter was the journalism teacher for, I think, like the first season, which I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I didn't know he had a daughter. Tessa Thompson. Yes. Valkyrie. She was super annoying. She was. Like, not her. She played the, the role well, but her character was getting on my nerves. Ari Grainer, who I absolutely love. I love her in anything she does, especially Nick and Nora's infinite play, infinite playlist. Yeah. She's so fucking good in it. I like, there's a movie that she did where she played a phone sex person with her roommate. Actually, it's Seth Rogen's wife. I, and I'm upset because these people have real names and I don't want to <laughs> define her as Seth Rogen's wife, but let me I'll keep on going. Okay. Kevin Smith. Which his character was kind of like fangirling over the fact that the bus crashed. So I wasn't super impressed with that, but Kevin Smith. Cress Williams. Love him. Let me talk about Cress Williams for a second. That man does not. I know I say black don't crack a lot, but he does not age. Let's just do the math here. This man had to be in his like 20s or so when he played Khadijah's love interest on Living Single, right? Next, now we're in 2004. He's on Veronica Mars. He then, you know, later on, he's he's Black Lightning. He was on Heart of Dixie. Like, and each time he is still playing said 30-year-old person. And I'm like, he's got to be at least 50 by now. Here, I'm trying to look and see. Do a little guess his age. I mean, <laughs> on Heart of Dixie. He was Dixie. born in Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah, guess his age. I said he gotta be 50. What is it? 53. Okay. Well, and he'll he, be 53 this year. And even that side I am because you've been on my TV screen for way too long, sir. <laughs> <laughs> way too freaking long. <laughs> and as we said, Joss Whedon. Who else? Lucy Lawless. I love her. I do too. Kristen Cavallari shows up. Yeah, it was very late. <laughs> kind of vibes between uh, her and Paris Hilton. Both Michael Sarah and Aaliyah Shockett. Shockett. Oh, yeah. Um, from, from Arrested, Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. The one that breaks my heart, right or strong. Oh, he was a jerk. Okay, so there are a few Freaks and Geeks cast members on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Let me. I have too many things to look up. <laughs> <laughs> we have Rochelle Affair. Um, what was she in? Is, is that a she? Yeah, she. I know her as Victoria from Twilight, the first Twilight uh, before yeah. she was recast. I really like her as an actor. Me too. And the fact the fact they recast her with boring ass Bryce Dallas Howard yep. 
it, it's a shame yeah. not that i've ever watched the twilight movies oh <laughs> allegedly allegedly that's what i heard i finally found the 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 movie with the the phone sex phone operators it's called for good time came out in 2012 if you haven't seen it it's actually pretty damn good and lauren miller is the actress that is that's in it lauren miller rogan who is seth rogan's wife is married to seth rogan correct (laughs) correct okay danielle you ready for my favorite i got to them okay you want to guess i already attempted to guess who else is there let me think oh we also have to mention before we get there is harry hamlin and lisa renna who are awful human beings i must Mm -hmm. say it if you watch beverly hills you already know but you don't even need to watch that show you could just read harry hamlin's racist ass book why does his face look like it's made out of play-doh I don't know, but I want to know. Honestly, I watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in passing, but I want to know what the what secret does in passing of- mean. Every now and again, stop, <laughs> stop, stop questioning me. Anywho, <laughs> I want to know what the secrets are because anytime you mention that man's name to Lisa Rinna in any way, she fucking loses her shit. And so I'm like, well, what's going on there? going on i got to know listeners if you know what are the secrets because i'm curious <laughs> continue <laughs> so jackie's favorite guest star it is one mr ed begley jr oh i don't it's even the dean. of course i knew that <laughs> i'm sorry yes i just adore him i i don't know why he's a great actor and he's he an is. environmentalist he rides his bike to toast his toast. Like, <laughs> who wouldn't love that? He did a great job as the dean. I think he and Kristen Bell had really great chemistry in all their scenes. It was just a delight. Uh, let's see. Who else? Oh. Okay, from the Freaks and Geeks cast, Sam Levine was on there, and he was actually on the same episode as uh, Ryder Strong and Martin Starr was on the show and in the movie i feel like becky ann miller might have been on it but i have to triple check on that one and sarah hagan okay i'm checking we actually have a couple of glee stars we mentioned jay lynch but we also had diana agron who guest starred oh we had charles not gonna be able to say his last name shagnessy from the nanny Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> and then, of course, Paul Rudd, Nelson Ellis. And then in the movie, we get a little Jamie Lee Curtis and Random. Jerry O'Connell. And then, of course, Dak Shepard shows up in the movie as well. Of course. <laughs> I was wrong. Sarah Hagen was not on the show. No. Lots of, lots of up and coming stars. It's very much, even now when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, I forgot that person was <laughs> Yeah, like, and, and you have to keep watching the show because so many more people get famous. Yeah. 
So uh, what was your favorite one episode crime arc? Yes, hard. Okay, I remember, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I definitely remember in college when the episode, the third episode where they figure out who the rapist is. It's it's the mid-season finale mm-hmm. of the third season. I just remember it just being so amped and how it starts is like her running in that song. And it's just like, wait a minute. <laughs> We're, because the, the season itself had started off kind of, it was just like pretty boring. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. It was just not giving season one or season two, but that one kind of ramped it up a little bit. Oh gosh, another from a the the bus ep, the episode when we find out about Beaver and I think it's the season two finale. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't see it coming. Like yeah. I couldn't I didn't figure him into that equation at all. That was just like whoa. And him unaliving himself like all of that was just nuts he was such a great acting choice yeah for Vive. like he yeah yeah he Um, did a great job i I would say that's my favorite episode is this season finale of season two my favorite one episode crime arc i do like the one where it's at the festival and the cash box goes missing. Yeah, that's a good one. Veronica alley-oops a bunch of people in that, which <laughs> yeah. I love. And so does Weevil, so. I also like the episode where this Russian lady comes and says that she's looking for this man that she fell in love with mm. by his weird dog. And turns out that the guy's actually a witness protection and like her dad has to get involved because... You know, Veronica does always act like she knows everything. And and that was a good episode to kind of shift gears to remind us that, you know, you're still, you're still learning, kid. You're yeah. still learning. She's fallible. She She's not all-knowing. When she almost gets murdered by the Fitzpatricks at that bar, that was very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Least favorite episode. Are there any that stand out as like... I need to skip this. You no, know, I don't think there's any episodes I skip, but like plot lines. Season three is the hardest. Season three like has less standout episodes. And every time I do a rewatch, that's usually where I get stuck trying to finish, unfortunately. My least favorite episode is in season three. It's the one with Ryder Strong where they're prisoners and they have to try and get the information out of them. Yeah. It's just so hard to watch and he makes the kid pee himself. And I just, and then afterwards, like they're buddies again. I'm like, there's no way. There's (laughs) no way he's this mean to you in a circumstantial situation. And then you go back to being like chummy. Friends, yeah. Yeah. I I can't stand that, especially because I love Ryder Strong so much. And like to see him be that mean, I'm like, oh, Uh, (laughs) one of the things that I don't like that happens on the show, not once, but twice, is that people like for Veronica to get friends that are female after what happened to Lily is just so Mm -hmm. rare. 
So the deterioration of her friendship with Meg in the second season, and it's not even just that they stop being friends. Like Meg like hates Veronica, yeah. but the thing is Meg ends up dating Duncan and I feel like she messes with girl code. Mm-hmm. Veronica says it's fine, but clearly like that is not fine, girl. You know, so the fact that Duncan ends up getting back with Veronica and she's so mad, it's just like, dude, you broke girl code. And this is But why... there's a reason why she was mad. She's mad because she's pregnant. Yeah. But she still broke girl code. I get it. And I don't think as as much as Veronica deserves a lot of what she gets in the show, she did not deserve that anger from Meg. No, it was misplaced. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was messy at, at the end of the day. And, you know, essentially, I guess you could say she breaks girl code too because she's dating her best friend's boyfriend. Yes, Lily is dead, but still, that's gross. And then in the third season, when Max roommate, who I never liked her character. What's her name? It's Parker. Parker. So Julie Gonzalo actually plays the role of Parker. She joins this season in the third season when they're at college. And we find out that her character actually gets raped. And in the midst of her getting raped, Veronica actually goes back in the room, but has no idea that she's being raped because Mm -hmm. she's been roofied. But Parker ends up dating Logan, which... Parker's Again. trying to pretend that like they're, fr- you know, like they were starting to have like a friendship, the three of them. And it was just like, girl, no. <laughs> well, and the fact that Parker got so mad at Veronica and number one, Veronica was drunk when she like, she literally came into the dorm room long enough to grab tickets off of like the desk and then leave again. And like Parker's so mad at her, like, what you think I'm just going to sleep around? Girl, that's what you've been doing. It wasn't it wasn't a good situation. And Parker was probably just so hurt. Because, like, imagine you're, you've been raped and you find out somebody could have stopped it. But, like, they assumed. Like, it's a, it's a hard situation both ways. So I, I understand why Parker was upset and why she even took it out in that way. Because she's probably just so frustrated and sad and upset. It, it just came out in the wrong way. But don't date my boyfriend, bitch. Because <laughs> I say boyfriend more than ex because if you, the whole third season, Logan and Veronica are are on and off again, on and off again. So like. Until like, I would say the last third is when she starts dating Piz. Right. Also, I, I put a lot of onus on Logan on that. Like there are so many batches on this campus and you're going to go. <laughs> after somebody in my immediate circle you fucked up with that one yeah he also dates that very young girl in season two that was the same episode as the 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 carnival Yeah, yeah yeah that girl i believe she ended up being on supernatural as well as the girl who plays meg but she looked like a child it was it was super weird that relationship and 
Logan also fucked up a lot. Like out of all the people, Logan, like Parker annoyed, fine. The young girls weird. But when he slept with Madison, who is the reason that Veronica was raped in the, I don't want to say first or second season because it happened before we, the show really starts, but we find out she was roofied and raped. Um, that was because Madison was getting roofied herself and spit in Veronica's cup, spit it back out and gave it to Veronica to drink. She didn't she's, know. She's, she gave her a trip to the dentist. What? Such a, such a bitch. But <clears throat> as much as I hate Madison, Madison didn't know that there was GHB. I know, but I, 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 I get that. that's on dick yeah it is dick's fault i do think one of the things that i don't like about the show is the use of of sexual assault as Mm -hmm. a storyline or Mm -hmm. a way to move the storyline it was used multiple times like if it was just like veronica was trying to figure out who her sexual assaulter was right that's one thing. But then in season three, it's the whole overarching first half of season three. I just, I feel like it wasn't needed in season mm-hmm. two at all for the whole Beaver storyline. It wasn't needed mm-hmm. at all. But I think it was very relevant to them being in college mm-hmm. because it is so prevalent. They do talk about the fraternities and the parties and just like, you know, that was a relevant conversation, but in season two, not necessary at all. Okay. <clears throat> so what are your thoughts on the movie? The movie gives crowdfunding vibes because, you know, it didn't have as much money per se, but I liked that story arc way better than the bullshit we got in season four like (laughs) i'm sorry like i like how you know what happened in Mm -hmm. in that sense we get a little gabby hoffman as stalker fan yeah (laughs) forgot she was in that yeah (laughs) i thought at the time you and i were just so ecstatic that Mm -hmm. because we thought okay we're never going to get anything else out of this so just to see that they crowdfunded and were able to get so much of a cast to come back and I being a love fan finally got them to wrap up you know because season three we we were left on a cliffhanger and Veronica and Logan were not together anymore so it was mm-hmm. just like gut-wrenching you know that that's how it ended so with season four it brought them back together and you're just like <sighs> r.i.p piz sorry (laughs) i mean his relationship so to this point i just like to watch the movie and and that's my ending season four doesn't exist for me i love the movie it's one of my comfort movies it's it's consistently on my ipad along with wedding day and it's one of those movies like i just turn it on if i need background noise i think it's 
well-written, well-executed, well-acted. Obviously, they had a minimal budget, but I think they did a lot with the budget that they had. And I know they probably got a lot of the cast back at a steep discount just because they love Veronica Mars as a, as a series so much that they were yeah. willing to come back and do it. Season four, it just had a different feel to it. Yeah. And it's also to be noted that like, when they did see the movie, it was right after Kristen Bell had her baby. Mm-hmm. And what I loved about it as well was that she publicly said, look, I just had a baby. I'm not in any rush to like lose all this weight. Mm-hmm. It is what it is kind of situation. But her dedication as an actress, because she's what you would most likely considered, you know, A-list. And she didn't have to go back to this role And she just always seems really open. She loves this character and she really loves the fans and shows us that dedication. So I think that always makes me really happy. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, no more late fees, besties. My name is Shalina and I'm an avid listener of Jackie and Danielle's movie rewatch talks who also has a podcast of her own. It's called Everything 90s Podcast, and it's a show I created to connect with fellow 90s kids by spending each episode reminiscing on anything and everything related to growing up in the 90s. Topics range from music, TV shows, movies, books, and games, just to name a few. So if you're interested, search Everything 90s Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast and give it a listen. Thank you so much and take care. Any closing thoughts on season four? I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) We do get Patton Oswalt, who is a little deranged in it. I thought his part was well acted. We do get a Veronica protege in Maddie, the high schooler whose father is killed in one of the bombings. We do get a little bit of Leo in our life. Yeah, I... I don't mind season four. I don't have as as much attachment to some characters and their situations as the the season unfolds. I just don't like that we don't really get a lot of Veronica and Wallace Mm -hmm. at all, which saddens me that, you know, I don't understand why doesn't make any sense to me well wallace is married and has a baby so it it does show kind of the natural progression of friendships as you get older and get married and things like that yeah i just feel like they could have figured something out still helps he still helps her out he's a coach at neptune high now and why would he go back that never made set well with me (laughs) especially because he was trained to be a mechanical engineer or electrical engineer, some sort of engineer. Right. And now you're a teacher. But you know what? It does show in season three how much he struggles mm-hmm. in his in his math classes. Yeah. So I'm guessing he had to pivot. But like, I don't understand. And I'm mad that Mac wasn't back. Yeah. I don't feel like we got closure on her in character the in the movie yeah. at all. And we will 
like in the movie Weevil is kind of like come full circle he's doing well and then in the tv show they just like completely it's it feels a trauma like response they unravel it, that all yeah. that growth yeah well it's it's definitely a trauma response because he in the movie is shot by Celeste Kane, Duncan's mom, because she's lost on the wrong side of the tracks, he actually knocks on the window to try and help her and she shoots him. Racist is what it is. And so you can see that hardness come back to Weevil when he's in the hospital and he's kind of like, I'm doing everything right. Like right. in the in the movie, we do get Jerry O'Connell as the younger brother of Sheriff Lamb. He is the new sheriff just as corrupt even more so because he he does it for the gram he needs those views so i i did really enjoy jerry o'connell in that that role because it was just the right amount of like smarm and charm together right okay anything else we want to cover for our beloved veronica mars any (laughs) closing words before we get into fun facts this this show is one of my favorites. It's a comfort show. And I just love the dynamic. I do want to talk about the father-daughter dynamics mm-hmm. of the show. You know, obviously, Veronica grows up with her mom her entire life. So it's not like... It's not like it was just always her and her dad. But her mom was an alcoholic. So I think that definitely speaks through some of her actions but I just love how much her dad will like stand up for her and show up for her and that they have their own little fun dynamic I I very much gravitated to to their relationship and I love how like funny and silly her dad was and Mm -hmm. how he would cook for her it was a lot of attributes that I felt a lot with my dad so I I just I I love their dynamic like I said, I really do love the dynamic between Wallace and Veronica. If you think about it, we don't get a ton of shows where we have a guy and girl be completely platonic and it's just like a really nurturing friendship, especially in a high school drama. Mm-hmm. I think the writing on the show was just impeccable. And it's, I think, you know, the reason they probably had Joss Whedon on was because if... Veronica Mars was a child. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was its was its mama. Mm. It's definitely just being able to see a full, just fleshed out female character lead who could be extremely flawed, and mm-hmm. it was you know she was not fitting into that stereotype. And I think her being blonde and petite and having the look of what we're of tv but just like absolutely be a mess so great show if you haven't seen this show you should definitely watch it i agree it it just the writing is so witty and clever even the mysteries they don't seem forced they seem like especially when she's in high school, it's like real problems high schoolers have and might go to a junior private eye for, you know, like my dog's missing. My dad left when I was little. Can you help me find him? 
those type of things. I love them. I, it's just such a well-written, well-acted show. Like I said, I, I really can't find, like, obviously we can pick apart the characters, but like the characters, they have flaws and that's what makes you love them. It's like, oh, they're like me. They have trauma too that yeah. they're trying to figure out and maybe not the <clears> most <throat> healthy way. And just seeing like teenagers navigate through young adult life and things like that. The the dynamic of the mom leaving because she was an alcoholic and, and Veronica coming to terms with that. And, and her mom stealing from her, stealing yes. her money to, yes. and to go to rehab. Like any, any person who's dealt with an alcoholic parent or a parent who's been, who's addicted to drugs, like knows this very sad dynamic and traumatic dynamic between the your parent and having to kind of deal with that and that was heartbreaking twice yeah it it was veronica paid to used her college money that she had been saving because obviously they her dad can't put her through college so veronica had been saving all of her money decides to use it to put her mom in rehab her mom checks out like three days later and then later on she comes home pretends that she's sober we find out that she's not and then veronica essentially solves a crime big enough where like her and her dad are getting 50 grand or something like that. It was a pretty big amount. Maybe it was 25 and it was written out in a way where the mom could cash it. And so the mom steals the checks check and takes off again. Yeah. This, this show does a really good job telling stories about again, class Mm -hmm. and the diversity on this show if you look at any of the teen shows at this time, 10 times better yeah. than most and telling those stories from different unique voices and calling out a lot of the systemic the inequities that are yeah. happening just in that town, but speak to the larger issues, you know, and they call out Veronica in the sense that like, yeah, you're not rich anymore, but you were living with like the O-Niners for a long time and you were looking the other way at all these things yeah. and now you want to help. So like, I think it holds a really good mirror to their characters as well. So yeah, great show. Yeah. Well, that's Veronica Mars. Any other fun facts we want to point out? Danielle, did you know <laughs> that one Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote an episode of season four? I do now. he wrote episode six entering a world of pain i love that that he wrote an episode i i didn't i didn't know that the we used to be friends by the dandy warhols was used as a series theme song and then we get a cover of it for the movie so rob thomas originally wrote veronica mars as a young adult novel for Simon and Schuster Publishing Company and was originally written with a male lead. However, Thomas changed the gender of the protagonist because he thought a noir piece told from a female point of view would be more interesting and unique. And thank God he did because mm-hmm. we we don't need no more Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> that <laughs> no, we, we do don't. not. <laughs> Rip off of Sherlock Holmes, I guess you could say. And upon the cancellation of the series, fans sent more than 10,000 Mars bars to the CW. 
in hopes to get it renewed. I know those campaigns well. I was selling, I was sending Tabasco sauces to the WB when, when they canceled Roswell. R.I.P. <laughs> Okie doke. Danielle, we did it. We went through our favorite No More Late Fees series. As soon as we started the podcast, I insisted this was going to be, I set out for it to be our 100th episode. We can't count. So it's 101. Mm. (laughs) I was just like, whatever you want. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? Well, you guys know the drill at this point. You got to follow us on our socials at No More Late Fees. We are on Facebook. I don't even like saying that. Blech, better. Fuck you. But we're uh, on Instagram too, which is still mad. I'm, I'm getting there. Instagram, okay. the gram, boo. But we're there. TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. We're there as well. <laughs> just follow us at no more late fees we have really fun videos and pictures and right now we're celebrating our two-year anniversary so you should check it out i don't even think we need to do this rating situation because clearly for both of us it's a would buy it again yeah i i think we've made it pretty clear if you have not watched veronica mars highly highly suggest going and watching it 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 holds up it's it's just fantastic i love it so much yeah it really does hold up like there aren't a lot of things like rewatching it that are like mm, that didn't do well like yeah. it ages pretty i forget that this show started in 2004 yeah it's almost 20 years old and we're still rocking it yeah, it's really really good So if you are a fellow marshmallow, or maybe you were inspired to watch Veronica Mars and you want to give us your feedback on it, hit us up at our quick drop 909-601-MLF, 909-601-6653. You can twat us at the Twitters or leave a message on our Spotify for podcasts. Is that what the fuck it's called now? Yeah, Spotify for podcasters account. That's a stupid name. And join us next week as we follow Stanley Yelnets as he's digging in the 2003 movie Holes. And as always, be kind and rewind. Digging up that holes. I've never seen that movie. <laughs>